Good morning, everyone. Um, I recruited two guys before service started, Lorenzo and Jeremy. Where's Jeremy? Come on down. <laughs> the price is right. <laughs> okay. Um, I asked because I knew I had to ask some individuals um, that would not hate me afterwards. I don't think, I've already put Jeremy through so much, so I know he's a good sport. All right, Lorenzo, pick a number, one or two. Okay. Well, I guess that leaves you with number one. So here's number one. Here's number two. All right, I want you guys to open the gifts for Jeremy. He didn't really get to decide, but Lorenzo picked the number. And what did you get? It's a pretty cold Pepsi, right? And what did you get? He got a stick of gum in a money box, and he got an ugly wrapped gift with $10 around a cold Pepsi. Yeah, it's yours. It's a gift. All right, you guys can be seated. I want to just take a few minutes this morning to talk to you a little bit about the little illustration that I did. Um, sometimes we don't get to choose the things that life hands us. Sometimes we do get to choose, and our choices reflect what life gives us. So... Um, Lorenzo got to make that first choice. Hey, that stick of gum will come in handy. I'm just saying. But that cold Pepsi sounds real good right now. That $10 bill will buy you some ice cream at Sonic, too. So that's even better. But um, throughout the Word of God, uh, we read several individuals who weren't given a choice but was gifted with unexpected circumstances. So sometimes we choose what we get in life, and other times we're just giving it without our choosing. So they had to learn how to trust God and navigate through. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit this morning, is trusting God and navigating through the gifts that life hands us. Abram... Genesis 12 and 1, you guys don't have to stand this morning because I'm going to have a lot of scripture. We're just going to kind of jump around. But Abram, Genesis 12 and 1 says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. When you look at that verse, you notice how many times the word your is used in this one single verse. Usually when that happens, I pay attention because I hate repeating words. I just hate it, reading the same thing over and over. So when it's repeated, I pay attention. So God was telling Abram to give up everything that belonged to him. We also notice that in that verse that God didn't tell Abraham where he was going either. So I'm doing a different version from KJV. Hope you forgive me for that, but I'm going to read it again. 
go from your country. So he has to leave the country he is used to, he is accustomed to, he is comfortable in. So God says, leave your country. Then you have to leave your people and then leave your father's household. So he has to leave everything. And then God says, um, go where I will show, I will show you. So he's not even telling him where he's going to go. He just says, I want you to leave. So Abram has to start leaving, and then God will show him where he's going. That's a lot of letting go of, of a lot of stuff and a lot of people, a lot of loved ones, uh, familiar to just the town he's from, the country he's from, everything that makes someone comfortable and feel secure and safe. He has to leave. And not only does he have to leave it, but he has to just go blinded. I want to know. I have to have a plan. I want to know where I'm going. Sister Sheila knows how I work. Every road trip, Sister Sheila knows that I'm going to have the restaurants planned out. We're going to eat at. Because we are not missing a good restaurant when we leave Kennett, Missouri, okay? So I want to know where I'm going. I want to know where I'm staying. I want to know what we're going to do. So here he goes. He takes off. And how did, Abraham, how did Abram navigate through this situation? Well, let's skip on over to Genesis 12 and 4. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. I think Abram's a pretty smart man. You need to do what God tells you to do, right? That's what we tell everybody else. But when it comes down to you and God, sometimes that's not very easy. But Abram didn't question God and he didn't refuse. Instead, he went. And that wasn't the hardest unexpected situation that Abram had to navigate through. Actually, the hardest came after trusting God and obeying him. You would think, oh, I'm fixing to get a reward because I trust and obeyed. So where's my trophy, God? Where's my blessing? But here he comes. Then God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And ever heard where much is given, much is required? Have you ever heard that? I hate when people tell me that. But it's true. So well after waiting years and years for a promise, how many of you guys are waiting for a promise that you were promised a long time ago? Yep, we a lot of us in here. So he waited for years and years for a promise that God gave Abraham and Sarah. And then it came to pass, glory, and God gave them Isaac. That's a blessing. Well, here comes another unexpected circumstance in Abraham's life. God told Abraham to take Isaac to the Mount Moriah and to sacrifice him. How did Abraham navigate through this situation? Well, again... Abraham trusted God and did as God requested. He obeyed. He took Isaac to the place that God had told him. And Abraham prepared Isaac to be sacrificed. This is so hard. When you put yourself in Abraham's shoes, think about that. How difficult the situation is. Don't just listen or read it, but actually put yourself in Abraham's shoes. That would be extremely difficult to trust God and to obey him to do such a thing. But as the knife was coming down, an angel of the Lord stopped him and said, Now I know you fear God. And not fear as in afraid, but fear as in he references God. He, he referenced God. So then the ram was provided for sacrifice. 
And this is found in Genesis 22, 1 through 19. So we know Abraham in the Bible as a man who was faithful and obedient to God. And he is known as a father of many nations. So his unexpected gifts that life has given him, it actually was a blessing to him when he trusted God, when he obeyed, because he grew in the Lord. And what does the Lord, what was written in the word of God about Abraham? That he was a man of what? A faith. Exactly. He was a man of obedience. And he was a father of many nations. So God took what he promised. And I feel like he just made that promise bigger. So you see Abraham not only. He didn't. Abraham had not done anything wrong. To be handed those difficult situations. But King David was handed hard situations for doing something wrong. So now let's jump over to talk about David a little bit. And I like David, okay? Second Samuel 24, verses 1 through 17. I'm not going to read all that because I want to get through with this today. But you can go back and read the story in Second Samuel 24, 1 through 17. David counted the men in his army. David's general, Joab, or I believe I said that right, warned him against doing so. But David insisted. So he was warned, but David wanted to do what David wanted to do. So he was in charge, so he insisted. And because he did this, this angered God. So he told David, if you read the scripture, he told David to pick one of three choices for his punishment. The first one was a three-year famine in the land, Or, choice number two, three months of a military fight with Israel's enemies. Or, choice number three, three days of pestilence. David chose three days of pestilence because he, because it would be better to fall by God's hands than the hands of his enemies. So David saw 70,000 people die before his eyes because of the pestilence that covered the land. How did David navigate through all of this? David atoned for his sin, and he goes down in the biblical history as a man after God's own heart. Even after making the wrong choice, he realizes, you know what? I ran from what I was supposed to do, but he still stayed close to God. So sometimes we want to run from our circumstances, and I can't understand this, and I don't want to understand this. I have, I admit, I have ran from circumstances, but I don't want to run from God ever. If you're going to run, you got to run to God. You got to stay with God, stay close to God. And that's what David did. And that's why he says, a man after God's own heart. Because he might have made some mistakes. We all do. He might have ran from something he didn't want to do or he thought he could do better, but he didn't run away from God. So for the sake of time, I'm going to mention just a few more really quickly. Jonah. We all know the story of Jonah. Poor Jonah. I really do feel sorry for the guy because when you read about Nineveh, it's a pretty scary place, okay? So you could probably pick out the worst city, most dangerous city in the U.S., and it still does not compare to Nineveh. So I wouldn't want to go to Nineveh either if I was Jonah, okay? So I feel sorry for the dude. 
So he chose to disobey God. And it landed him in the stomach of a fish for three days. And then finally, I don't think it would have took me three days, Sister Sheila. I would have been praying as soon as I went in the mouth of the fish. But it took him three days. So I see that he's a little stubborn. So three days he prays. And finally, the fish spits him out. And Jonah goes to Nineveh. And the people were saved. The people were saved. Now, I just said that how bad Nineveh was. And God chose Jonah. He didn't choose anybody else, but he chose Jonah. And when Jonah realized, you know what? This is what God wants me to do. We could fight the situation every single day. We can fight the circumstance and we can run from the circumstance. But guess what's going to happen? God is God and you are not. God is God and I am not. He's going to have his way one way or the other. So we can take the hard path or we could just do what we're supposed to do and take the easy path. And I am preaching to myself this morning, okay? Here's the next one. Ezekiel's life included performing many object lessons, like not as easy as the one we had this morning, to get the attention of Israel. The prophet was told to lie on his left side for 390 days. To symbolize bearing the sins of the people. I remember recently, pastor told me I needed to rest. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stay in bed all day today. It did not. I didn't even make it to dinner. I cannot stay in bed. I could not imagine laying on my left side for 390 days. I couldn't do it. Oh, I should not say that, Lord. Do not show me. After completing this... He was to lie on his right side for another 40 days. A day for each year of Israel's rebellion. That's in Ezekiel 4, 1 through 8. Now let's go to Ezekiel 9, chapter 4, verses 9 through 17. He was told to cook bread over human feces for fuel and eat it in the sight of the people. This was to show them that they were defying God's word. Ezekiel had to do such a disgusting thing. This is another choice that he didn't choose to do. He didn't deserve to have to do this. But this is something that he had to do. Ezekiel 24 verses 15 through 16. God told Ezekiel in advance that his wife would die. God said, Son of man, behold, I am about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall tears run down. If that wasn't hard enough to bear, God advised Ezekiel not to engage in any of the customary mourning practices such as wearing a sackcloth, is what they did back in the day, throwing ashes on his head, covering his mustache and beard, or eating foods that grieving people usually eat. He couldn't do any of those things. So not only did he lose the love of his life, he could not mourn her and he could not grieve her. Instead, let me pause right there. That's a big deal because mourning and grieving are gifts alone that God gives us to get that pain out. 
if you don't mourn and you don't grieve and you hold that pain inside, it causes more pain. It's more difficult to handle and to deliver and to carry around. So if you think of that, not only did he lose the love of his life, but God would not allow him to mourn and to grieve. So picture the state of mind, even the physical pain that he is feeling right now. So God told him all of that. He could not do all that. So instead, Ezekiel was told to wear a turban on his head and to keep his sandals on his feet as signs of celebration. Do you know how hard that would be? You can't mourn, but you better look like you're celebrating. So to not mourn for his beloved wife was a great sacrifice And it caused him great pain, just as the pain caused by even the death of his wife. Many people don't understand why God would do that to Ezekiel just to get his point across. Ezekiel was faithful prophet who spoke the word of God to his people even when they refused to listen. We may not comprehend the circumstances or the situations handed to us as I'm sure Ezekiel didn't either. But God used the death of Ezekiel's wife as a symbol of the death of the temple that was the delight of Israel's eyes and the object of their affection, just as Ezekiel's wife was to him. There's a purpose for every single circumstance and situation in our life. There's a reason for it. Despite Ezekiel's hardship, the people would also realize their great loss and would come to know that God is Lord. That's Ezekiel 24, 19 through 27. Jesus wasn't selective in the ones that he gave difficult situations to, just as today. He's not selective. Even Jesus was given them. And Jesus, like all the ones mentioned, fulfilled his purpose and he navigated through situations that were laid before him. We always pray, I want to be just like you, Lord. You know, shape me, mold me in your image. When you're praying those things, think about the Lord. He didn't have a a life without difficulties. He didn't have an easy life. But I still want to be like my Jesus. Because even through the bad, look at all the people that were touched, that was reached by his love and his grace and his mercy. I'll never forget someone um, speaking over me once, and I couldn't understand a certain circumstance. As we all sat here in the church this morning, you may be facing situations or life may have caught you off guard. You may have opened a gift that, you know, it looked like a promising gift, Lorenzo. That money box, you just thought you was going to get a gift card, didn't you? I know. But you opened it up and there wasn't what you thought was going to be in that beautiful wrapped gift. But it was something much less. And we all are, I know every single one of us sitting here, every one of us, you know, we, we thought that life was going to be this away and we move forward in a direction and with our Lord holding our hand. And then when we open the next door or open that next opportunity, we're like, whoa, what is this? I was not expecting this to happen or to occur or this to be given to me 
On contrary, Jeremy, he didn't get to choose. That ugly wrapped gift opened, and it was a refreshing drink and something good wrapped around that refreshing drink. That was pleasing. Those situations are easy to accept and easy to take hold of. But I'm thankful today that when we do pray, Lord, I want to be like you, and we have the word of God. It's a map for life that we can see how when life does hand us those ugly gifts, unexpected things, that we know how to navigate through them. And we know how to overcome because even the ones that I shared with you today, when they obeyed God and they didn't deserve it, they always came out on top. They always came closer to the Lord and a good reputation, it is, takes a whole lifetime, a whole lifetime to get a good reputation. And it's what? Destroyed in a second? It could be destroyed in a second. But when you're with the Lord and he helps you and he navigates through these situations, God builds it. You don't even have to work for it. That's something that comes with the Lord. So Jesus took his friends to the garden. And we all know the situation that took place in the garden of Gethsemane. And he took them there to pray. He told Peter, James, and John that his soul was deeply grieved. And then he fell on his face and he prayed. The second time he prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. And yet not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus was in agony and he poured and he prayed a third time. And he prayed so fervently that his sweat became like drops of blood down upon the ground. Matthew 26, 36 through 46 and Luke 22, 40 through 46 are the references. After Jesus prayed and came to terms that it's not his will, he died on the cross and he fulfilled his purpose in the situation he was given. How do we carry out the purpose in the situations that we are given today? It's not always easy to carry out some purpose given by God. Even some of you may be sitting here this morning facing or in the midst of extremely hard situations and you're wondering how you will navigate through them and carry out God's will and purpose for your life. But God knows you can do it. That's why he chose you for that situation and that circumstance. You notice with each different circumstance, there was giving a certain name. The same person was not used each time in every situation I just read. It's because God chose that person to be handed that situation because he knew that that person has what it takes to make it through, to do the work that needed to be done. Even the ones that failed at the first to carry out the purpose. You know, you look at good people and you wonder sometimes why are they going through so much difficulty? And I was told by that minister once to me, he said, Sister Laura, sometimes the stars can only be seen in the darkest of nights. And then those stars will lead others the right direction. It lights the path. So think about the people that's in your path. You have the light of the Lord in your soul. 
He shines through you, and you're probably the only light that others that are on the dark path can see. You're their way through the darkness. You're their way to salvation, to, to deliverance, to freedom, to the power of the Holy Ghost. You're the light that's going to shine the love of God in their life. So the worst thing that you can do is to run away from a situation that God gives you because God has given it to you for a reason. Whatever you have been handed to do, you should do it whether it is easy or hard. Jonah ran in the opposite direction and we know what happened to him. To avoid ending up in the belly of a big fish or having some other bad thing happen to you, it is best to do what God hands you, to accept it. You will eventually end up doing it anyways. I can testify. But God will accomplish his purpose in your life. And that's what we all want anyways. We want to be pleasing unto him. God will give you the strength to do what he has asked you to do. We must stay close to him by reading his word, by praying and listening to what he has to say. It's then when we accept the situations and begin working towards the completion. After God sends the right people and resources to help us, and he always does. It is easier to go through any hard God-giving tasks if we give up our will and say like Jesus, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Luke twenty two forty two, And I'm almost done, Pastor. But I want to be remembered not for my failures because I have many. And um, Brother Casey was laughing at me with, I like it when people laugh at me with them. You know, recently what I've done. And then even us girls on a shopping trip yesterday, I say things that don't even mean them that way. And they're taken that way. But we all laugh about it, don't we, Tess? <laughs> you know, it's good to laugh at those things. But we all have failures. I don't want to be known for my failures. I don't want to be known for my mistakes. And no one in here this morning does. But one thing that I know that we all want to be remembered is for the love that we have for God and that we stayed with him. I want to stay with him this morning, um, not only because I love the Lord and I want to be pleasing to him and I want to make heaven my home and I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear most in this world. But I know that I have a 14-year-old boy up those stairs who's watching me and we said this we said yesterday on our shopping trip at dinner is how the kids pick up and say what we say they pick up and do what we do even if you're not a parent you have other people watching you other kids in here watching you pastor i'll never forget abby when she was little and i was teaching over at the school I had no idea how much the girl was watching me until she would go home. Sister Shay would send me a picture. If I wore a scarf and glasses that day, Abby went home and tried to match my outfit that I wore at school that day. So she would come home and try to dress like her teacher. People are watching us every single day. And then um, it makes me feel good because I know we all feel like we can be better parents, better friends better daughter-in-laws, better workers in the church, what you know, whatever titles we carry, we want to be better. But Tyler, I'll tell you this too. 
uh, Dawson said, Mom, the fire department has, I guess it's a, I know it's an app on his phone because he has to ask permission to have anything on his phone. So he says it goes off, and every time, I guess, a 911 call is called through Kenneth, it goes on my son's phone, and it alerts him the address and what has going on. So he said, Mom, I have a really good idea. And I was like, what is it, son? He goes, I'm going to tell um, his youth pastor, Brother Alex, that every time my phone goes off, especially if I'm in church, I want us to stop and I want us to pray for that person that comes on my phone because it's an emergency, Mom. You know what? That one moment made me happy. I was like, I have nothing to do with that. But sometimes when we just come to the house of God and... Uh, I get busy and I don't have Bible study with him as much as I want to or any of that. But God, when we have God on our side, he takes care of it. He took care of every single one of these people and he's going to take care of you and your circumstance. And God works everything out for our good. So I want to encourage you this morning um, as I share these stories, no matter what life hands you or the surprises that you may unwrap, If you want to run, run to God. Don't run from him, but run to him. And I'm so thankful. So if you want to stand, I'd like to go ahead and close this Bible study out to prayer before I turn service over to God, to pastor. God, I want to thank you so much for everything that you do, God. Lord, I pray for every single one of these individuals, my church family that are here and those who are not able to be here this morning, God. Lord, I pray that you would touch our hearts. I pray that you would touch our minds. I pray that you would strengthen our spirits today, God. God, I pray for those who may be weary, God, in their situations and their circumstances, God, that you would be the lifter of their head, God. God, I claim victory today, God, in every single one of our circumstances, God. God, I pray for those who are weak and are too weak to pray for themselves. God, I pray for them today, God. We stand in the gap for them today, God. God. God, I pray that you would be the lifter, God, the healer, God, the comforter, God. I want to thank you for everything that you do for us, God. Encourage us today, God. Let us know, God. God, I know that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us, God, that you are with us and that you will go with us wherever, God, we go. You are there, Lord. Prepare the way today, God. Bless my church family, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sister Laura. How many of you are thankful for the Word of God today that gives us incredible insights that have been shared in this sanctuary today? And I thought, as Sister Laura was talking, that you may be the only Bible that some people in your life read. I pray that today when they read you, that they read the right one. They're going to follow us But I believe the only way that we should follow someone is if they follow Christ. So I pray that they would follow us as we follow Him. And we know that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So in this dark world, and it seems to be getting darker by the day, I pray that each one of us will receive the Word of God that we've heard today and make application and follow Him that they might follow us 
as we follow him. I believe that's what we're going to do. God bless you. We're going to take a break. We're going to believe that God's going to do great things. Be praying that God will do great things in the service that will start in just a few moments.